You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be... Hey, I never think I thought of that. Uh, let me think about that. Whoa. I want to be a teacher when I grow up. Elementary teacher. I like little kids. A babysitter. A pastor. A dolphin trainer. A gentle without eight buds. A haircutter. A person who helps in charities. Only cashier at Walmart. An author. Chapter books about mythical creatures and animals and things. I want to be a lawyer. Lawyer. Pilot. Pilot. Pilot? And a dad? A pilot racer dad? Scientist. Scientist. Paleontologist. Mind for dinosaur bones and study them. YouTuber. Movie star. A famous actor. 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 <laughs> on stage. On TV. On Disney Channel. Or commercials. I gotta be a model. Model. I want it. If I want a I'll just be a policeman. Police. 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 Police officer. I caught on the car chases. Cash bad guys. A superhero. Batman. By the man. I would like to go into the U.S. Army because my grandma, she loved the Army, but she never went into the service. I want to be the third African-American gymnast. Gymnastic coach. I want to be a professional dancer. 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 Dance teacher. Ballerina. Professional soccer player. I have a shirt on right now that's from Barcelona. Soccer player. Basketball player. Basketball, football, or soccer player. Or baseball. I can never choose. Mm, I do not know. I'm still working on that. Maybe when I grow up, I'll pick. I already have a whole plan. Serve the Air Force for 20 years, become a businessman, make my own company for cars. I want to be a Pokemon trainer. I want to work at Target. I want... Uh... A cake. I want to be a pop star. Rock star. Singer. 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 Uh, I want to be a cook. A cook. But I don't really know how to actually cook. I want to be an artist. Artist. Painter. I want to be an artist that goes around painting walls. A artist and a video game maker. Video game designer. Video game. I want to be a filmmaker. Um, whatever my dad is. Oh, do you know what your dad is? I'm not sure. I'll be a doctor. 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 A mermaid. A mermaid. Doctor. Hmm. Heart surgeon. Neurosurgeon. Cardiologist. Gynecologist. Pediatrician. The kid's doctor. Pediatrician. And why do you want to do that? I want to be a doctor and then I can wear rainbow sweatpants. I really want to be a nurse. Everyone says you have to be very good at science and math. I'm not really, but I still want to be one. I want to be a pet doctor because I like helping animals. Pet vet. 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 Veterinarian. Veterinarian. Zoologist. Princess fairy zookeeper. How much do you think they get paid? $29. Oh, such a question to ask. Such a question that is being answered even when it's not asked, and we have multiple reasons why we should probably not put too much uh, concentration or importance on that question, because let's be honest, at that age, we're not supposed to really know what we are going to be doing or what we want to be doing, because it's changing 
Things change all the time. Also, you don't have to wait until this magical age of being grown up to start doing what you feel like God's created you to do. There's not this magical age that you arrive at, then all of a sudden you're like, yes, let's go, which, which kind of also lends itself. The reason why this may not be the most important question to be asking our kids is, is because we never really grow up enough, right? Like we have this idea that, okay, when we're 28, that's what we're asking. Or when we're 34, we want to be doing these things, but we're never finished growing up. I'm 51. I still think when I grow up, I'm going to be such and such. Probably y'all are curious about what that is. But anyway, yeah, I mean, we never really arrive at that aha moment. And, and that leads to this other one. Like, we're not defined by what we do. Most of the time we answer that question, what we want to be when we grow up, we're saying, I want to be known as this. I want to be doing this. We are not our job. We are multifaceted. There's a lot of people that are doctors and policemen and teachers that have other things going on, too. And you are just as much those things as you are what you do in your job. So these questions that we ask our kids or that they're answering about what we want to be when we grow up may not be the most important question to be asking them, but it's important for this one reason, and that what we see and what we notice is we want our children to have vision. We want them to be looking ahead. We want them to be working towards something, and we want at this place at this season of our life, we want to take seriously our responsibility to give our children a vision. Children need to be in awe. Children are in awe. You don't have to teach children that they should be in awe. They come out of the womb in awe. And then when they can't figure out what's going on, they're in awe of what's going on. They start crying. And when we try to comfort them because there's an awe problem that they don't understand what's going on, We don't have to teach kids to be in awe. What we need to understand is that being in awe is natural. How many of your kids or how many of you maybe still are in awe of the garbage truck that comes by your house? They run to the window. Oh, there it is. That's awesome. When I was young, I was in awe of Earl Campbell of Jose Cruz, of Steve Largent. I was in awe of this perfect figure called the Bionic Man. Anybody remember the Bionic Man, the Million Dollar Man? Anybody, a few of us, in awe of, wow. Kids are in awe of the American Girl stories, the work of teachers, nurses, moms, and dads. You heard all the things that they said they want to be when they grow up. There was one kid that was kind of ahead of his game there. I'm kind of worried about his future. He says, ah, I haven't figured it out yet. I will someday. Vision. At Grace Salado, we want our children to be in awe. We want them to be in awe of God, to have a vision that flows from an awe of God, not at all of a profession. We want to launch what we're doing here when they leave here and they go out. We're teaching them the majesty of God, the beauty of Jesus Christ, so that they will come home and be in awe of God, so that they launch from here in awe of God. This week is Vision Week. We normally don't start our services, our preaching time, with a cute video that laughs. We 
that makes us laugh. We, it's not our norm to do that. We joyfully, without apology, rely on expository preaching. We have been going through the book of Luke. We have completed Luke chapter 9. We've been going verse by verse. That is our norm. That's what we do. But I wanted to show that video as we detour just this week that we call Vision Week. I want to share with us some passages of Scripture that will help us launch or at least be reminded of our vision of grow grace, of our vision of being in all and applying in all of God together as a congregation. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's ask for his help here. Lord, there are many things that compete for our all. There are many things right now competing for our children. So all, I pray that we would be a church that when we say that our God is awesome, that Christ is awesome, the work and the, the counsel of the Holy Spirit is awesome, that we truly mean we are in awe of you. I pray that you would give us a vision for this and that you would help us understand it with clarity and help us to apply it and help us to work with great joy to accomplish all that you have for us to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we get into this text, I just have to say, since we had a children's video, and uh, my daughter and her fiancé are here, Ch Chandler, so uh, y'all just wave your hand real quick. Anyway, they didn't come in just for the video, but, uh, but I remember as we were watching all those kids say this, I remember my own kids going through from week to week what they wanted to be and what they wanted to do, and, and uh, it changes rapidly, and it is a fun adventure what we have noticed in the last, um, are basically three passages from three weeks of sermons that we're going to look at right now that help remind us that even though professions change and things change, there is a calling on our lives. There's a calling on our children's lives that we at this church are going to be committed to. Let's first revisit the passage that Rob Walter used two weeks ago, Matthew 28. Matthew 28, Rob preached on this passage, and we know the text, and we know that it was brought to us where it says, go and make disciples. And we have a natural response a lot of times when we say, yeah, but I know what you're wanting me to do, but I'm going to go do this instead. Here's that text that we read a few weeks ago. It says, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." Did you notice that in verse 18, Jesus presents an awe, what we are to be in awe of. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. As he's gathered them together before he ascends to be with the Father, he's already died for their sins, he's resurrected. He is reminding them, I'm about to send you to go do something. I'm about to give you instructions. Everything you're about to hear, it should flow First, from an awe of my authority. 
All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, then, go. And we list, look at it. Go, make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them, and behold. Five imperatives, five things that flow from the invitation to be in awe of Jesus Christ. Go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And here it is, the last one. Behold I am with you always. Being all that the authority has been given to me and being all that I'm never leaving you. Wow, what a vision. The next week, which was last week, uh, I preached from Luke chapter 9, verse 61 and 62. And the, the idea and the reminder was to focus and follow. Let's look at that text real quick. 61 of Luke 9 says this. Jesus says, yet another said, I will follow you, or this is the account of Luke, and this is the story of following Jesus. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Then Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So the uneasiness there for you parents is that there is a reality of what we're aiming for in the vision at our church is that someday your children will look at you and say, Mom, I love you. Dad, I love you. But Jesus is calling me to do this and to go here. I love you, but I'm going to focus. I'm going to follow on where he's sending me to go. This is all authority in heaven and earth. It's been given to us to go, teach, baptize. And here we see that we want to be a people, and we definitely want to teach a generation that when they put their hand to the plow, that they look forward for the kingdom of God. The third text that we are seeing in preaching is, Lord willing, next week David Laws will be here preaching um, on Luke 10, verses 1 through 3. Here's what it says. After this, the Lord appoints, so this is right after he talks about hand of the plow, looking forward, fit for the kingdom. Verse 1, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Verse 3, go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Yes, that says what you think it says. That there is a calling from the one who has all authority of heaven and earth for us to be in awe of him, to go into all the world, to make disciples, to put our hands to the plow, to look forward, and to go as lambs out into the, where there's wolves. We have to be intentional about preparing the next generations to do this. They're going to be sent out anyway. It is our desire, it is our intention as a congregation that what's going on with our Grace Kids ministry is to train them up to go out as lambs amidst the wolves. This leads to 
us sort of taking some time to unpack and remind everybody what our vision is here at the church. So we're going to, it's Vision Sunday, we're talking about this in the context of what we want to do for the coming generations. Here's the vision of Grace Salado. Hopefully you've heard it multiple times. In fact, you might be here saying, Jason, that sounds a lot like the sermon you did last year. It's almost exactly like the sermon I've done every year because I want us to understand this. It might mean that we're zigging this way and zigging that way a little bit with the vision, but as long as we're staying focused with this vision for us, I believe we're doing what God wants us to do. Here it is. Here's the vision. That we be a gospel-centered community of biblical faith, eternal hope, and radical love. In fact, I want you to say that with me. Ready? A gospel-centered community of biblical faith, eternal hope, Okay, radical love. Let's look at them one at a time as we unpack them briefly. Gospel-centered community of biblical faith. I have no desire to belong to a church that encourages you to find strength and confidence within yourself. We have a sure, true, reliable revelation from God that is specially crafted by the power and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to shape, rebuke, the counsel, to enlighten and awaken our soul. There are so many other communities that want to coach and teach and lead you to to believe in some other things. We at this church are not going to care much about cultural trends or polls or popularity when it comes to to understanding the will of God. The will of God, the sovereign God, remember, who has all authority in heaven and earth, is important that we know what he wants. We are going to rely here at Grace on a biblical faith, not a faith built on other things, on cool sayings, our fun books, here at Grace, we have a vision for a gospel-centered community of biblical faith. The Bible matters. Scripture is our foundation here. Of eternal hope, just as our foundation is to be biblical, our hope is eternal. We do not hold to the popular saying that sometimes we can be too heavily minded for any earthly good. We do not believe that. I do not believe that because I believe the opposite. I believe true earthly good, is driven by a biblical faith holding to the very promises of the God who owns everything, the God who has everything, promising his very majesty in his presence. That is our hope. It's an eternal hope. It's not a hope that is Hoping in things here, things realized here. It's a hope that says, you know what? We'll walk through the fire. We're just saying it. We'll walk through the fire because we know he's with us. It is a hope that involves the reward of knowing that Jesus is with us forever and ever in heaven. It is a hope that is eternal that reminds us of the devastation of rejecting Jesus now and not having him ever, ever again. So we press forward. It is a hope 
And we believe that all of our good works, all of the perseverance, all of the worship, all of the endurance, all of the pressing on and moving forward is driven by a hope that is eternal, not temporal. Here at Grace, we have a vision for a gospel-centered community of eternal hope. And lastly, a gospel-centered community of radical love, launching lives from a foundation, a biblical truth, and eternal hope, and a future that's fixed on beholding the majesty of God forever and ever and ever, we now get to experience the outpouring of that work in a love relationship with God that loves him extremely, that loves him radically, and that love then pours over onto others. We love our neighbors as ourselves. We love the nations who have not heard. This is a love that people who, don't not, who do not know God, who have not been saved by grace in Christ, don't understand. They call it extreme. They call it radical. But it is a love that gives and gives and gives and gives. It's a love that gives our talents. It's a love that gives our time and our resources, all of our energy, our money, even our very lives. An entire community of believers grounded by faith, in Scripture, fueled by a hope that is eternal, truly inspiring others because of a love that is radical. Here at Grace, this is our vision. Gospel-centered community, biblical faith, eternal hope, radical love. How do we do this? How do we work toward this? What's the strategy that we have to become this type of community? It's Vision Sunday. It would be very poor of me to say, that's the vision. Good luck. What do we do? Well, we have three E's that we use to sort of as the compass to guide us, to shape us, and to support the vision so everything that we do, an idea comes up on the staff, everything, at least in my mind, in my prayer life, I'm always thinking, which E is that going to go under? Is it going to go under the first E, the second E, or the third E? Do you have an idea what the E's are? I mean, I don't know if you catch it. This is our vision strategy. Let's look at them one at a time. What do we mean by encounter? What we mean is encounter God. This is the invitation that we have when we see all through Scripture that says, Come and behold Him. We make no apologies for God's sovereignty. In Scripture, we see over and over and over again that radical love and eternal hope first begins with a relationship with God. And the relationship with God begins with us encountering God. From Moses all the way into the Revelation, it is the story of that encounter. It is a story of somebody coming into contact with the power and the majesty and the love of God that changes us, that causes us to bow down, that causes us to be afraid, that causes us to be in awe, not of ourselves, but of Him. Our vision strategy begins every week as we pray through even our liturgy, our worship, our order of service, how are we helping people come to taste and see that God is good? 
It's the invitation to see him, to notice him, to understand him, to encounter the living God. We believe in that invitation given to us. Taste and see. He's good. We say this and we see this all throughout scripture. Come and behold our God. That's what we mean by encounter God. We don't move to the second E with joy if we haven't first had the first E of encountering God. The second E is that, that we equip with truth. This is the make disciples, the baptize, the, the teach everything that God's given to us to teach. Rob talked about this a few weeks ago. That passage in Matthew where we are reminded that we are to be making disciples. A lot of us at times are afraid to move forward in faith and we give the yeah but because we don't know what we're supposed to teach. We don't know how to teach it. We can't, we don't know everything about God. Well, let me, let me free you up. You will never, never understand everything about God. Where do you get that, Jason? Aren't we supposed to someday see everything and know everything? In Deuteronomy 29, 29, when I was a young pastor, I came across this verse <laughs> and there's a lot of passages that free me up as a young minister who doesn't know everything. Old ministers really realize they don't know everything. This is one of those verses that you're going to say, why did that free you? But you're going to understand it. When you go, and you've heard me say this before, when you go to a mechanic and you say, what's wrong with my car? And the mechanic says, I don't know what's wrong with your car. You choose a different mechanic, right? Doctor, same thing. You go to somebody that's going to figure it out. You come to bump into God to equip people to understand God, you're bumping into mystery. Here's what it says in Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. You getting that? There's going to be things we don't know. But, so that's, that's freeing. But the things that are revealed belong to us and our children Forever. Let's just stop right there. They don't change. It's not 2023, so it's different than what it was in, you know, 1 BC. No, they belong to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. There's a calling and a strategy for us to be the gospel-centered community that involves us equipping with truth, the truth of God's word. That's part of our Strategy, third part of our strategy is the word engage. Engage the world. Disciple all nations. Let all the peoples be glad. Listen, we have no desire to settle in and feel good about reaching Salado Sam or Salado Sally. How small-minded would we have to be to lead you to focus on you and say, mission accomplished. That's not God's will. God's will is all authority has been given to him that we go and engage others. He saved us to redeem us, to do what we couldn't do for ourselves, and then has empowered us to be his ambassadors as if Christ is making his appeal through us to others. We are to live and to launch as loudly as he wants to live and launch us so that we can love radically. 
This is who we are. This is our strategy. Everything falls under these three E's. This is what we are trying to become more and more. We are not perfect in this. We are striving to do this. There are seasons where we're doing this really well. There are seasons where we're like, oh, wish we could do that over. But this is who we are. We are like Paul trying to move forward, strive forward, forgetting what is behind us and moving forward to what is ahead with these three E's. God has uniquely and wonderfully blessed us with his saving grace. And he has done the same with his continual grace these last several years. It's been amazing. It's been beautiful. We have grown from averaging around 50 people to averaging around 500 every Sunday. From having one Bible study on Wednesday to having nearly 20 community groups every week throughout the community. Many more Bible studies that are happening. God has chosen to use us for this particular season in the existence of the Salado Village to make a kingdom impact. We didn't, and we couldn't have planned that he would use us the way that he's using us. We are making an impact, helping people encounter God, be equipped with the truth of God's word, and engage their world. With this growth, just like the real physical body, there are growing pains when the body grows. When my kids would say, man, my shins hurt, my knees hurt, my back hurts, or whatever, at certain times in their age, I'm like, oh, God's, God's growing them. Those are growing pains with all my medical history, right? Like, I just, just cut it off, like, yeah, you're, they're growing. And we'd go like, good, they're excited. They're not going to stay at one foot and a half. Like, they're growing. There's, when you walk and you learn how to walk and you learn how to eat stuff and you, there, there's things that maybe you choke on, things you trip over, growing pains. That's what we've had at this church. It's okay. We get up, we keep walking. There are three things that I want to share with you now. You're like, man, Jason, three, 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 three texts. Vision has three things. Vision strategy, mission statement has three things. It's not intentional. It's just the way it all worked out. We have, Chris shared it early at the beginning of service, we have a campus improvement plan. Several years ago, two years ago exactly, we, we launched it, and we called it our Grow Grace campaign. I want to share just kind of three, what is it, why is it, and what are we to do now? That's how we're going to finish our time. Ready? Okay, what is it? For years, we have had several teams explore, pray, plan, and then present various plans on how we ought to move forward structurally on the campus to support the vision that we just talked about. This, these teams have met and they've been praying about how to do this conservatively, yet strategically in a way that's thoughtful, considerate for our neighbors, for our community. We did not want to settle just for spending tons of money on a different location and building buildings where that becomes the primary focus. No, what we wanted to do was plan a way in which we can just improve this campus so that we can continue being a church that plants other churches. And God has blessed this. Finally, in 2021, how many of you um, were here in the fall of 2021? Just raise your hand. Okay. Keep them up just for a second. I didn't do this first service. I should have. 
Okay. In 2021, we presented, sort of launched this Grow Grace campaign is what we called it. And we officially began this campaign and the elders met and met with the CIP team. And we believe that at that time, we should not raise more money. We should be asking for like a $4 million ceiling. Like, like we're going to go into this and we're going to ask the church to raise money for $4 million. Whatever we don't get, we're going to take a loan out when it's time to build. And that was what was presented. We presented that on October 17th. We started talking about it earlier, but it began on October 17th, 2021. On that day, we had 245 people in attendance. 245 people on October 17th, from that moment until now, this church has raised, or you have given, $2,537,679. You put that in, we've earned some interest. We have earned or brought in just around $3.2 million from 2021 until now. That's good news. It's exciting. I'm not comparing services, but the first service clapped at that, but that's okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I mean, you're you're doing it. We're doing it. This is this is a good day. This was great. We launched that. That's we're as best case we know, this is what we need to be doing, and this is what we've gone after. Two years later, so two weeks ago on October 15th. So we started with 245 people two years ago. Two weeks ago, October 15th, 2023, we had 541 in attendance with over 600 people reached through our website and through the, the YouTube broadcast. Yeah, right? Like, so with this growing body, we've had growing pains. We've had setbacks. We've had things that are like, oh, okay, we planned for this, but it looks like now we need to be doing this. All part of it. And all stuff to rejoice. We noticed that we need, uh, in that process, when you were given money to grow grace, we didn't present at that time, oh, let's go buy a whole nother structure for our office space. But we realized this has come available, this is needed, and we did that, and it's been good. And you heard what Chris Castro said about the next steps that's coming. You see it out here. You have, listen, church, you have loved radically. I see it and I've seen it that you have been very patient. If love is patient, you have been patient. Thank you. You have loved radically and that you have been wonderfully kind, at least that I know of. When you've asked questions, you've asked to learn. You've not asked to condemn. You have loved. You've been wonderfully kind. You have loved radically because you have loved with expectation. I want to be a part of this. I want to be on board with this. And some of you are here, you're like, I wasn't here. I don't, what, what is this? What's going on? Grow Grace campaign to raise $4 million was cast two years ago. And today we move into this to understand why it was cast and why we can be involved today. Growth brings energy. Growth brings opportunity. Since that time, we have began to support two churches financially. We were already sort of supporting Great Christ Community Church in Harker Heights, but we began supporting New Sunset Community Church in Colleen. Some of you are involved in helping them in their ministries. Since then, we have planted one church in Gerald. We sent 
30 plus out to go to Gerald. We sent them financial support. We still are helping them. We have explored several mission trips with many more, and we are praying for even more church plants or the next church plant. We're still moving toward that. Growth brings energy, brings opportunity, brings groaning. We've had crowded rooms. We've had to squeeze ministries into rooms. We've had to um, suspend Bible study on Sunday morning because we've had to go to two services. We our kids need to be over there. Um, our praise team practicing is always kind of like picking nights because all the other stuff going on on Wednesday and stuff. We have exhausted our air conditioning units. Most of you just recall back to just a month ago where you're like, oh, it's so hot in here. We have disrupted our parking lots. We have two services because we had limited space in the sanctuary. Church, you have been kind. This is why we're doing this Grow Grace campaign, because we need to expand. That's what we're doing out here. That's why we're doing it with our foyer and our parking lot. Today, you might be asking, okay, I've given, I've been here or maybe you're here and it's your first time here. Maybe it's your first time hearing this and you've been here a while. You may be asking, what can I do now? What, what is my part? First of all, I just again want to emphasize, for those of you who had the part of being the starters, the igniters, the people who gave, whether it's $5 or $5,000 or whatever it was that you gave to help ignite this, thank you. It's been beautiful. Some of you have been starters. Some of you have been starters and sustainers. Some of you weren't here to start it, but you've been sustaining it. A little here, a little here, a little here. Wow, starters, sustainers. It has been amazingly beautiful to see. But now is the time we need closers. Let's just look at this graphic. We went all out here. Um. So that is the, Chris showed the renderings of one of the buildings. That's our Grace Kids building. And uh, we put up numbers. You can see that the green represents what we've raised so far to complete. We have secured the loan. People have done, that loan's waiting for us to draw upon when we need it. But it's been my prayer and it still is my prayer that we never need the loan. Well, we're 25% away from being able to say that. So we need closers. If you've never given before, now's the chance. I want to give. I want to close this out. Maybe you've sustained. Maybe you've ignited and you still want to give more. Now's the chance to do this. Some have given and you're waiting to see what else is needed. We are just about a million dollars away. This is the time to close this out. So our invitation, or my invitation to all of us, guess what? It's three things. We'll close with this. First of all, my invitation to you, to all of us, is that we would encounter God. Did that surprise you? That you would, if you haven't been, that you would begin and you would join in today to come and behold the work of the Lord. We're not a perfect church. We're just trying to behold the work of the Lord together. Commit to the church. Come and behold what he's doing. Come and behold what's happening in the testimonies in the small groups. Come and behold and adore him. 
Come and behold to see and taste that he is good. My invitation to you isn't even about the money. It's about God and what he's offering to you, freedom and joy and growth, and to be a part of something that's beyond yourself. As a grown-up, what are you becoming and who are you belonging to? Second invitation, you want to guess it? Yeah, be equipped with truth. Seek the truth. Let's be specific. Seek the truth about giving. Explore in the scriptures. If you need help with this, we got books, we got stuff that can show us that all throughout scripture, when people see and behold the work of God, they gave to it. And they gave with joy. Seek the truth about investing in eternity. That when you invest in the Lord's work, it's not wasted money. It's almost what Randy Alcorn says, you're sending it on ahead to eternity. Seek the truth about the unity and the vision of supporting a ministry here. What that mean by that is find out, have conversations. If you have questions about where the money is being spent and how it's happening, just call people. Talk about it in your community group. We have nothing to hide. There's no thing we're pushing under the rug here. It's just open. We want people talking about it. We want people to be equipped with the truth of God's word about this vision. Thirdly, Engage the world. I'm inviting you to engage the world. Jason, I, I can't go to Iran. I, I can't go to Thailand. I mean, what, what do you mean engage the world? Well, here's what you can do to help and be a part of engaging the world, a part of this vision. You can pray and you can give. You praying and you giving is a part of helping us engage the world. You can be engaged by praying for that next generation. You can be praying for them to encounter God. You can be praying for that next generation to be what? Equipped with truth. You can be praying for that next generation to go engage the world. Okay? You can be praying for these things, for the laborers to go. That's what Jesus instructs us to pray for. Pray for the laborers for the harvest. We can be praying for the type of laborers that don't say, yeah, but, but the type of laborers says, no, but, let's go. We can be praying for the type of laborers that are focused and moving forward. We can be praying for the type of laborers that are being equipped today that are global about their faith, not just isolated. We need to be praying for them because we need to remember that Jesus is sending us out like lambs to the wolves. You can engage the world by praying for the next generation. You can be engaging the world by giving. Have you given to grow grace yet? Don't worry about the yeah buts. Whatever it is that you can be a part of to give to close this out, let me tell you what this would look like Right now, we had put in our budget because we were planning that we might, just in case, we might have to be paying monthly on a loan. And so what we planned for that is $154,000 for the year to pay off the loan. What we're asking you to do is to engage the world by giving, 
to help us not have to get the loan, which frees up $154,000 in our budget to go to the ministries. That's what we're asking. You say, I can't go here. I can't do that. But you can give to free up money so that we can help pay for the people to go that can go. Would, would you do that? We need staffing. We need the, we have mission trips planned. You can be engaging the world by giving faithfully as stewards of biblical faith. You can, you can be giving as confident people with eternal hope, and you can be giving as generous people with radical love. That's the invitation. Encounter God. Seek the truth about giving and seek the truth about what the Bible says about you giving your talents and your energy and your resources. And engage the world by praying and by giving. We have had wonderful starters here. We've had faithful, continual sustainers and suppliers for this Grow Grace campaign. We need radical closers. Let's do that. What a great testimony it would be. I want to remind you and let you see a video that you've seen multiple times if you've been coming here. Go ahead and show the video. Grace Church Salado exists to exalt God as a gospel-centered community where people can encounter God, be equipped with truth, and engage the world. Church life really doesn't need to be more complicated than that. We pray, we work, and live so that we are grounded by biblical faith and fueled by eternal hope in a sovereign God. As imperfect people, we celebrate this kind of faith and this kind of hope that inspires us to love God and to love others. We are a church family by the grace of God, for the glory of God, and for the joy of all people. Friends, you are invited into this vision, of course, you know that. And if you're not there yet and you need conversations, just schedule a meeting. We'd love to talk to you about it. For those of you who have been on board, isn't it great to know that God is using you He's blessing others. Churches have been planted. People are going to hear the gospel in other nations because of your faithful part of the vision. Let's go to the Lord now and pray about what it is he's going to use us to do in response to this. Our gracious Lord, we thank you. I thank you that this is a congregation with a story that has hundreds of stories attached to it. Stories of you, of how good you are, of how faithful you are. Stories of people struggling in life and, and seeing the beauty and the majesty of God come in and answer. There are stories of people still wondering when you're going to answer what they have been praying for, but still it's a story of faith 
of hope. I have seen and been a part of this congregation that has loved radically. You are the author of it all. You deserve all the glory, all the praise. And if there's anyone here, Lord, that you are speaking to, to to move forward into a relationship with you, I pray that you would awaken their heart. If there's anyone that is answering the call to seek the truth in scriptures, I pray that you would show them how and put people in their lives with the help of them. And I pray, Lord, that we would all be involved with engaging the world by praying and giving and even answering the call to go. We pray that you help us end this campaign and close it out. And we pray that we would be faithful stewards of the stories that you've given to us. We pray all this in Jesus' name.